It may be a big matchup this weekend for one of these ACC teams, not for the other, but we're going to talk about BC and NC State today on our crossover episode between Locked On Wolfpack and Locked On BC. I'm joined by Kenton Gibbs of Locked On Wolfpack. We're going to get into the successful season they've had, even without their starting quarterback, and look at what BC might need to do to try to pull off a monumental upset. All of this and more on today's show. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Locked On BC and Locked On Wolfpack here. AJ Black, I'm joined by Kenton Gibbs. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Underdog, sign up today on underdogfancy.com with the promo code Locked On and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Kenton, I feel like we were just on the show to get uh, Locked On AC just a couple of weeks ago. How's it going? Oh, I'm good, man. I'm good. We we actually were. It actually was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yep. Everything is everything, man. It's always good to chat with you, AJ. How you been? Yeah, I've been going. I've been doing great. It's been a tough football season for Boston College, uh, uh, and uh, it, only three more weeks of this. But on our show, we've been talking a lot about basketball. It's been an exciting start of the season for the basketball team. Uh, I want to get into let's 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 kick it off a little here, Kenton, with with the NC State. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the big news for BC people who have been kind of following along was the injury to Devin Leary. But yeah. all of a sudden, you, you've got this hotshot new freshman quarterback, MJ Morris, who seems to get this team really energized. What has he brought to this program? Well, I, we can talk about MJ, and I, I'm going to get into it. But, I mean, y'all got a guy yourself. Your freshman is looking pretty good over there. It's up, Mr. Moorhead over there. You know what I mean? But, but, yep. but now, back to MJ and, and what he's brought to this team. So, Jack, so originally we go with Devin Leary, ACC preseason player of the year. He's supposed to put on this like Heisman campaign type deal. Gets off to a really slow start, you know, gets off to a really slow start. Yep. He starts to get better. As the games go along, he gets better. It starts to, you know, kind of he's playing in a manner that you thought that it was going to be coming into the season. And then boom, Florida State game, he gets hurt. And Jack Chambers becomes the new guy. Okay. And mm-hmm. at this point in time, I mean, Jack Chambers is a dynamic runner, but he couldn't hit the side of a Walmart from a parking lot, it looked like, in, at, at some points in time. And then you bring in MJ Morris, but MJ Morris is a true freshman in the old school sense, right? Because the new school sense of true freshman is, well, they're a freshman, but they came in for spring ball. They were here for all the camp. They did all the things. No, 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 no. MJ Morris got to campus during fall camp. He's been on campus for about five going on six months now or some some along mm-hmm. those lines. So it's when he finally kind of figured it out and things started to click a little bit against Virginia Tech, he's been the guy. He brings a mix of what Devin Leary brings with the big arm because he's got a rocket attached to that right arm. He brings what Jack Chambers brings in that he's mobile. He can move. That's a threat that you have to account for on those read options. That's a threat that you have to account for even in coverage because if a play breaks down, if the pocket breaks down, if he tucks that ball under his right arm, you're in a little bit of danger there. So Jack Chambers Chambers was the runner. Devin Leary was the passer. MJ Morris is seeming to blend both so far. Oh, so interesting. Yeah, like it it was so – 
when, when Leary went down, I think the public perception was, okay, NC State season is done. And yep. you saw Jack Chambers and you just thought, okay, yep, they're going to, they're going to be, a, they're going to struggle. And now you, you've got some big wins. You beat Wake Forest last week, which was a huge win. Um, you know, the perception around this team has changed quite a bit. And it, it looks from an outsider's perspective that Dave Doran, again, is just, you know, all the compliments to him for putting together a program that can, absorb an injury like this and still continue to hum along. And I, I think that's a testament to the coaching staff. I, it absolutely is. And, and let me say this. I tell people all the time, as a former athlete, I played for NC State, played football for NC State. I was part of Doran's first recruiting class, played for 17 years. One thing that I learned that I would never forget, and this apply, I'm not one of those ball is life and everything in football is a lesson in life that you can learn. But this one really is that. When you're doing well, when everything is rolling good, you're never quite as good as everybody thinks you are. Right. And when things are tough, when you're struggling along, when you're in a rut, when you just lost a job, when your old, when your partner left you, when they repo your car, you're never as bad as as it seems. You're never as bad as you think you are. This is the same case for NC State. We knew that the the defense was going to carry the water. We knew that. We knew that. The thought was if the offense can keep up. If the offense can show something, if the running game can catch up with Devin Leary and, and the passing game can effectively replace Emeka Mezzi, this is a playoff team. Now, our offense has not been to that level. I don't think that any games that we've lost this season, you would look at the defense and say, that's on y'all. You're the Achilles heel here. So with that being said, again, you, you look at what we've got in terms of, again, you're, you're right in crediting Dorn, but also let's credit Tony Gibson. That's right. a that's a bad man calling that three three five. That's a bad man calling that defense. It's attacking. It's aggressive. Guys are coming from everywhere. There's pressure seemingly every play, and that ain't by accident, right? That is mm-hmm. not something that you know. Our linebacking core came in highly touted as three of the best backers in the nation. As com- a combination of uh, one of the best linebacking cores in the nation. Our defensive backs have played out of their minds. Other than the third quarter against um, Virginia Tech, there has not been a single moment all year where I have looked at our DBs and thought, oh, boy, this is last year all over again, where everybody seemed to do their job well, but we get to third and long, and then our DBs will panic at the moment of truth. That hasn't been the case this year for them either. Aiden White has been an absolute revelation. Pitts has played better. Shaheen Battle, the safeties have been phenomenal, which was expected. But this all in all, the victories that we're seeing, yes, MJ Morris has been good. He's been better than what you would expect again out of a true, true freshman, right? Not a, a COVID year true freshman like we see for, with some other folks. Not a redshirt freshman. A true, true freshman here. He's been good, but the defense has been or has to be the story. The quarterback always gets the glory, but let's not forget, this defense was supposed to be one of the best in the nation. They've come in and shown that game after game after game after game. I think that's why on, on Tuesday's press conference, Jeff Halfley referred to Tony Gibson as one of the most underrated defensive coordinators in the country said, he said, watching his film, he, you know, you can see how, how dynamic this defense is. And he, and he gave a, a lot of praise to Tony Gibson. And I, and I think we're going to see a lot of that on, on Saturday. Oh, absolutely. But, absolutely. When you scout this Boston college team, if, if I'm, you know, and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. You know what I mean? I, I don't want to 
I don't want to, you know, pile on because I, I, I don't I don't like to do that. But if you look at this team, objectively speaking, you're looking at a team that's had to convert defensive linemen to offensive line in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. And not like, a oh, this guy wasn't going to play on defense and we just think that he'd be better on offense so we can groom him for next year. Like, no, you're going to go and play offense. And you're going to play right now type of situation. Um, Yeah, Tony Gibson would be well served to say, we're going to bring the ruckus. We're going to bring the noise. We're going to bring the pressure. We're going to bring the heat. And y'all five got to hold up every play. Y'all got to make the right decision on who you need to block every play. It's going to get tricky in there, especially as good as Moorhead looked against Duke. He's still a true freshman as well. That's another guy that you want to say, oh, don't worry about it. We're we not going to make it easy on you. We're going to make you have to throw into some tight windows. We're yep. going to make you have to make some throws under fire. So Tony Gibson and what he does, it should be put a, a lot of emphasis on it, put a lot of oomph in it. You know what I mean? You, you, yep. it's, it's not exactly a, a an exact measurement, but there needs to be some oomph behind this defensive game plan in that every play there needs to be, hey, we're bringing four, five, six, seven, every play. Come come stop us. Yep, I I, I... I think you're going to see a lot of that on Saturday, and I think it's going to be a it's it's the right move against this BC offensive line. Now, in a moment, I'm going to switch chairs with with Kenton, and I'm going to let him interview me uh, about BC. So, BC fans, you've you've all heard me talk about it, but you'll hear my perspective on Saturday's game as Kenton's going to talk a little bit about uh, what he the questions he has about the Eagles. So, inflation has all has us all thinking about different ways to cut back, whether it's driving less, dining out less, or buying less. We can all agree there's nothing fun about less. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With Upside, I don't have to cut back because I get cash back on every purchase. To get started, all you need to do is download the free Upside app, use my promo code LOCKED, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and boom, you're going to get paid. In comparison to credit card reward programs or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are using are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. So again, download the free Upside app. Use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Again, that's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. Getting your up. AJ, you know where we're going to go with this, okay? Because our teams kind of mirror each other's in terms of quarterback situation yep. a little bit, okay? So your starter went down, you know, yep. and you all had a starter. That was highly touted coming into the season. And everybody said, hey, man, this is Phil's season. Zay came back despite, you know, some some what was likely, because I don't know if they got tampering in college, but there was probably a little tampering going on. Yep. There was probably some other teams calling them, like, hey, Mr. Flowers, we, you know, we got a good NIL collective over here. I know the best they can give you at BC is some clam chowder and some tickets to some Red Sox games. Come on, talk to us. <laughs> so when, when Phil goes down, Okay, this freshman steps in and he looks pretty good. What is the decision for Saturday if you're Halfley? If Phil is healthy, do you rock with him or do you go with the freshman and say, hey, the future is now, old man. What you doing? It's I think what I would do is different than what Jeff Halfley would do. Along and he's 
he I don't want to say he sounds annoyed when the when the media asks him about it, but he he's getting there where he's like, mm-hmm. Phil's my guy. I'm gonna go with Phil if he's healthy. That being said, on Tuesday, Phil didn't practice. And right. more Emmett Moorhead took the took first team snaps uh, you know, with the first team offense out there. To me, that strikes me as Emmett Moorhead is gonna be starting on on on, on Saturday. Now I, I don't even know it, it, the way that Halfley has, has kind of started talking about it. Doesn't even look like Jakovic could be ready for the rest of the season, which is, hmm. you know, a bummer for a guy that came back. You know, had a had a lot of, um, you, you know, promise going into the season. You know, hopefully he'd stay healthy. He could he could do some things, and he hasn't. He's he's really struggled. Right. And I don't I don't put any. I, I mean, some of it is is on him because he's just not making the right reads, but. When, as you mentioned, when you have an offensive line that are down, you know, obviously all five guys from last year are gone. Yeah. Four guys have had season engine sur- ending surgery already that were supposedly going to be starters this year at different points. This is going to be the first game BC has the same five guys on, on the offensive line. And we're in November. Because they've just had to rotate guys in and out because of injuries and the you know other other things that have been going on. Halfley was ecstatic to say that, right? And but that tells you where this program is at right now with this year. It's just it's just it's patchwork. And I mean, for an offensive line, communication is so huge. And the fact that they haven't had five guys out there to kind of just get comfortable and to get to know each other consistently really has has had an impact on the, on this program. Okay, and let me ask you this. Yep. We know this has been a tough Boston this has been a tough season for Boston College. We we've talked about that at nauseum. I'm sure that you've talked to your fans about it and it's just been, you know, uh what what is that book? A, a terrible, miserable, no good, lousy, <laughs> very season. bad day. <laughs> yeah, very bad it, season. It, it's been that. Right? Yep. Now, what is a bright spot if any? What is a bright spot that you're looking at and you're saying, you know, it, it, this may not be what we hoped it would be, but at least there's this one thing. At least there's this one little rose growing out of concrete. Yep. I, I look at uh, anyone who watched the Duke game. You got to see an example of it. Uh, first of all, I'm at Moorhead. I was, I was happy to see that he looked the way he did. And I know it was Duke and Duke doesn't have a great pass defense, but it's his first start. You go mm-hmm. out there and you don't throw any interceptions. That's a good, that's a that's a positive sign right there. So that's a positive. But Joseph Griffin uh, Jr. is a six four wide receiver that BC landed. He's a four star that they held off Notre Dame and Ohio State. He wanted to stay local, and you know you you see four stars sometimes, and those kids, you know they they're they're the big dog out there high school, but when they get to the top, the pro, sometimes they don't pan out. Right. And he had two incredible catches against, yeah, he did. He did. against Duke. And he's the perfect fit for Moorhead who can get it out there. And he, he's just got that athleticism. And, you know, Halfley calls him a freak uh, because he can just get up there. Um, I think a lot of fans are really excited to see what he can do. So he he would be one of the big ones. And then Alex Broom, which I think any, any Wolfpack fans that are watching that have just known BC. I mean, you had Andre Williams and AJ. Pat Garwo last year, bigger guys, those bigger, more powerful backs. Halfley's pushing away from that. A- Alex Broom is going to be probably the starting running back on Saturday. He's like 5'10, about 185 soaking wet. 
He's tiny, but that's what they want. They want more of the scat backs out there. Um, but he fits, uh, he fits the system a lot better. Um, especially when the offensive line struggles, he's faster. So he doesn't need to get like three steps to get going. He just goes, um, which when, when you have the league's worst rushing offense, is a positive, but we'll have to see what he does against a very good NC State NC NC State defense. It's it's crazy to me to hear league worst rushing offense yeah. because again, I was part of Doris first class 2013, and mm-hmm. you talked about Andre Williams earlier and all that. And uh, boy, do I have some stories about you know what it was like playing BC when the Dazio would bring out those seven eight offensive linemen, mm-hmm. and you knew it was downhill, no frills. It was fun mm-hmm. fact. Fun fact, they're the only team that we I played against uh, or that NC State played against in my time there that in third and five or longer had an equal chance of running the ball to throwing it. Yep. That was – that was it was like nothing I'd ever seen. Like it was third and long and they were still like, yeah, no, don't – why are you rushing the passer? Give them all the time that they want back there. Play for the draw. And it worked. It actually worked. But now. Back to this season. Now, I'm going to ask you to put on another hat, okay? Because I, right. I, I actually put on the head coach hat. I'm going to ask you to take it a step up. I'm going to actually put on your AD hat. AJ, you ready? Yep. You're the AD. You're looking at Halfley. This is year what, four? Three. Three, year three. Okay. Yep. We're, looking, we're looking at year three and without context, because of course, context does matter, but Without context here, if you're looking at the record, it's been a steady, I mean, a little bit of a declining situation there. Yep. Are you looking at Halfley like how how long is Halfley's leash? And are you looking at him like, hey man, if you don't finish out this season the right way, you might you might get them papers. And hey, it's been real, it's been fun, but it ain't been real fun. It's such an it's a hard decision, and and I I see both sides of the coin. The fans are oh and. And the fans are just done with him, which is, is very interesting because they, you know, just a year and a half ago, they were all on Jeff Halfley as the, the savior of BC football. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I have to go back. Yeah. He's had some questionable play calling and his, his understanding of some in-game stuff has been questionable at times, but I look at, you know, that offensive line, which he could have gone out there and got, transfer portal players but bc has no nil program well they didn't until about two weeks ago didn't have an nil program to help him out so he kind of was screwed there but i look at that offensive line the issues that they had this year which were just injuries and no no continuity at all and i if i was the ad i'd give him one more year see if he can figure things out see if see if it really was just the offensive line problem that kind of just bled into everything because you know, when the offense can't stay on the field, the defense is out there too long. It just, it's just yeah. a mess. Yeah. Or next year, if it, if you know, they've got a, a cupcake out, out of conference, I don't think they play a power five program out of conference next year. So they should get four wins, but they lost to UConn. So who knows there? Um, but they, you know, they go into next year. If they don't go up, if he doesn't go out there and show some improvement, that's year four. And yeah. He, it should be all his guys next year. He's still playing with a few Adazio guys out there because of the COVID stuff, but he's got most of his guys. They've been around in the program for a while. It's I think 2023 is going to be put up or shut up for Jeff Halfley. It's, you know, BC's AD is Blake James, a former Miami AD uh, who notoriously held on to, I think it was Manny Diaz way too long. Mm-hmm. I know the B- Miami fans, if they're out there listening are not, I, I see it in their comments on a lot of my posts. Um, 
they, they're not a big fan of him. So I, I, I get the sense that he's not a kind of guy that's going to be a hair trigger and it's BC. BC doesn't, they, you know, they, they, I think he'll have one more year. Okay. All right. And, and let me, let me end it with this. Let me ask you just one more thing and, and we're going to keep it rolling after this. Yep. So this game, you said that it's a big game for one of us, but not, not both teams here. Right. I, I think I strongly disagree. I think that this is a big game for, for both teams here because this is NC state senior night and that's, that's or senior day rather. Yep. That's going to be very important to them and, and all that good stuff. But also BC has the chance of a lifetime here because if you pull off this upset, if Moorhead comes in and pulls off this upset, I mean, you're not going to a bowl game. This right. is not, you know, you, whatever goals you had this season, I guarantee you're probably not hitting them right now. But right. when you talk about down focusing and winning, this is going to be a huge game here. So tell me this. What do you think is the key to BC potentially pulling off an upset here? What is the thing that you look at to where you say, hey, they, you know, they they can do it if this happens? Or is this a situation where it's just like, we, as long as everybody has fun, you know, <laughs> as long as everybody has a good time, that's all that matters. You know, I've gone into every game with some sort of positive of like, you know, what can BC do to try to keep this competitive? Even with the Clemsons and the Wake Forests, where I'm going, yeah, they don't have a chance in hell in this game. I, I've been able to, and in, you know, there's been moments where against both teams where they were just kind of they were there. They 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 only held Wake Forest at ten points in the first half, and I was impressed by that. Now this game. I look specifically at the defense of at, at NC State, and we'll get into our predictions in a moment. But for me, what BC has to do is be able to sustain drives. They need to they need to prevent getting three and outs and getting the defense up there over and over again. Because as we've seen with BC over the it's now two years in a row, because when Dracovic went down last year, this was an issue. And again, it happened against NC State last year where like they just they held on, hold on the defense, you know, they're they're doing what they can and then they just run out of gas. And when they run out of gas, the wheels fall off the cart and then it becomes a blowout. So for BC, it, it's going to be a monumental task against a good defense, but they need to be able to Moorhead needs to be up, be able to stay out there, convert third downs, be able to move the sticks and and keep that defense fresh because I think the defense is pretty talented and they're not too banged up. So they should be able to, to make, hopefully make some plays, but if they're, if they're asked to do too much, it's going to be an ugly game. Okay. All righty. All righty. Well, let's get into this last break and then we'll, we'll get the predictions going right. All, after. Right. All right. In a moment, we're going to get into that, but let's, let's talk line.net it's your number one source for bet sports betting info stats news and analysis you can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports we got it all at net and if you love sports podcasts you can find those at bet online as well now if you want to put action on this weekend's game i believe nc state is a 19 and a half point favorite right now if you go to bet online you can go over there you can pick the over the under on that and you, you're going to be good to go. And where the bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix in. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, we're wrapping things up here. This is a special crossover episode between Locked On Boston College and Locked On Wolfpack. And I'm joined by Kenton. That's favorite crossover episodes every year. I love talking to Kenton. And we're getting into our predictions for this game. And 
I, I'm going to tell you right now, Kenton, I'm going to get doom and gloom <laughs> for BC, but I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear what you have to say about this game heading into it. I'm going to tell you this. These freshmen this year, everybody talked about the ACC quarterbacks and how good this, yep. this current group, the current stock that we had were. Mm-hmm. And boy, these freshmen, you know, you, you look at Drake May, you look at uh, MJ Morris, you look at Moorhead, you yep. look at these freshmen, and you're saying to yourself, man, these are some dudes. Even if you talk about younger guys, uh, Leonard as well from Duke, you're looking forward to the future. Yep. You're saying, man, there's some guys here. With that being said, freshman quarterbacks are mercurial. You don't know which one you're going to get. You think, right when you think everything's going good, everything's perfect, we've got it. They, they do that thing to show you, oh, yeah, they're a freshman. Yep. And with that being said, I think that um, NC State defensively dominates. I, I do. Mm-hmm. But I think that the offense gets off to a bit of a slow start. And here's the thing that is the wild card for me. This is senior day for NC State. Our defense has a ton of seniors, which means there are a ton of guys who are going to have to break their rhythm and break what they normally do in order to get ready for a game. So I could possibly see, just like we saw against Virginia Tech, you talked about the freak of nature that y'all got out there a while out. I could potentially see y'all hitting a couple big plays and, you know, making this thing a game. But I think the Wolfpack pulls away late. I got this one. 38-14 Wolfpack. Okay, so you're right around where I'm at. So I see the same thing, right? Defensively, I, I as you said, like if Gibson starts throwing exotic blitzes at Moorhead, you know, this is a kid for folks watch listening uh, who are Wolfpack fans. He, th- he had his first start against Duke. And before that, his last start, I think, was his junior year in high school because his high school canceled because of – so he and he's only played i think two years before that so he's a he's a young kid that's still picking up this game and a little lucky last week was some, with with you know breaking him in against duke but i i still when when he's gonna get some guys in his face i'm i imagine he's gonna have some freshman yips and he's gonna make a few passes that are gonna that are not gonna go the direction he thinks they're gonna go so I, I think that's going to be a major factor, but I'm going to put another X factor out there that I think is going to bite BC in the butt is it's hurt them all season long. And it's been a shocker for most people following the, the team special teams issues last week against Duke BC got called, I think three times for holding on kickoff returns and started back in the shadow of their end zone over and over again. And it took to them not making those mistakes for their offense to actually kick up. But they've had those special team issues all season long, whether it's been uh, kickoff return touchdowns, shanked punts, field goal issues, bad tackling. It's It's been of this program that their special teams makes mistakes. And I see on the road um, where things can get a little ugly, where they're going to – if they make those types of mistakes and you give NC State the ability to get better field position to start on, you know, the BC side of the, of the field or, you know, BC's pinned back with Moorhead having to start, you know, on the 10 yard line, that's going to be a major problem for BC and they've done it so consistently. I just imagine it's going to happen again. So I'm going to have BC losing by 21 
I'll go with uh, 31 to 31 to 10. Mm, okay. All right. You know, I'm, I told you I'm getting negative on this. Well, you know, I was I I I had to go against NC State last week. I didn't think that there was a chance that we could beat Wake. I said that you know we looking at uh, looking at Sam Hartman and who he is historically. I don't see them having a bad game again. And offensively, I don't know if we got the horses in the stable to keep up. And MJ Morris said, "I beg your darn pardon." So who knows? Mr. Moorhead could look at both of us and say, hey, yep. hey, now I'm the new kid in town. I'm 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 him. I'm the real guy. So, you know, uh, I I'll tell you this, though. I have always of all the Atlantic programs, uh, the ones that like obviously playing all the Atlantic programs every year. It, it, you start to see some of their stadiums. You start to see some of the teams and some of the fan bases. I'll tell you this much. BC's team always played the game the right way to me. Like when they when I when I played against them and they played that physical style, I hated it as a defensive lineman. I I love rushing the passer, so obviously I hated playing BC. But man, you you watch them on tape and it was just a thing of beauty to just see guys line up and say, "Yeah, we're gonna play old school football," and you got to stop us. It was a great time to see. Yep, yep. And now they're more of a pro style now, but I think Halfley, if he had his druthers, would would still like to have a piece of that. I just don't think it's been been capable. All right, Kent, we're out of time here. Uh, where can people follow you on social media? Absolutely. Wherever you're hearing this podcast, you can find Locked on Wolfpack. Wherever you're seeing this, you can find Locked on Wolfpack. Um, you can also find me at LO underscore Wolfpack. Uh, and you can find me at TGIF underscore Kent. But please be aware you will get Kent in the man, not a sports journalist or analyst there. So we need some stuff besides sports. All right. Well, Kent, it was all, it's a pleasure as always. Uh, hopefully it'll be an enjoyable game on Saturday. And we'll have to, we'll have to touch base again when we hit basketball season. Absolutely. You know it, my man. All right. This is AJ Black. We'll be back again tomorrow with our analyst, Mitch Wolf. He's going to give his insider information on what he thinks BC is going to do on Saturday. And we'll talk about that and preview BC basketball's start of the se- uh, second game of the season against Detroit Mercy. For AJ, for Kenton Gibbs, this is AJ Black. We'll see you again soon.